You're tuning into New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Song is Jesus in Our Mess Developing Persevering Faith in a Faithful God. From 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. All right, good morning, church. This morning, we have a special guest from overseas. Well, Pastor Song uh, Chua, Song Chua is not uh, new to our church. He has been with our church since we first, I mean, first founded in 1997. And um, uh, Pastor Song uh, have been, uh, he had been in Myanmar for over eight years or so as uh, pastoring uh, several churches there, both the international congregation and the local uh, congregation as well. And then later on, he moved back to Singapore for a period of time of, of um, maybe listen, listening to the Lord and see what's next, the direction for his life and his family. And so uh, Pastor Song and, the fa- uh, and, uh, and uh, Barbara and Nate, um, after listening and praying, and uh, the church sent them to uh, Penang uh, to start a ministry there uh, to begin with the school. And he, uh, he has been uh, teaching part of a teach- teaching team as well. Right now, they have to do on online, uh, but we continue to pray for uh, the ministry there in Penang. And uh, so he is right now. He just uh, just got recently got back from the state for uh, uh, his uh, the daughter wedding, and uh, probably he's still counting like uh, you know two more to go, uh, one more to go, and uh, um, so right now uh, he's uh, at home, and uh, he is also uh, the uh, the amigos. He's the first among equal of uh, four of us. Uh, Pastor Song, Pastor William, Maganti, and myself. And so uh, that we received the baton from Pastor Eric Dooley, uh, who uh, appointed us to lead New Life Fellowship of Churches, and which is we got uh, over in the, uh, in the region in Southeast uh, Asia, in, in Southeast Asia. And so this morning, I would like uh, us to uh, give a warmest welcome to uh, Pastor Song. Over to Pastor Song. Good morning, New Life Fellowship, Ho Chi Minh City. Uh, thank you, Pastor La. Uh, he asked for a warm welcome. It's very difficult to receive a warm welcome over Zoom, over YouTube. But it's so good to be with all of you. I've lost track of uh, when I was last with you, but looking at Jaden today, I can only say that it's probably been a very long time. I think it's about two years, maybe, since I last seen you, and I still cannot believe uh, how much Jaden has grown. Um, <clears throat> so it's so good to be uh, with the church again, even though it's just via Zoom. It's been, I believe, a tough time for all of us with the pandemic. Uh, more about that later. But I thought I'd just begin today uh, sharing with you a bit about uh, ministry and life. Give me a few minutes to share because uh, my time with you is not just about preaching a sermon. It's about sharing life. Yeah. And so let me share my screen uh, so that 
I can get the slides out. Okay. I hope you get to see. Oops, so fast. I'm already I'm already showing uh, Beatrice's wedding. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should start up with that. Um, yeah. So it's so so good. I had to travel to uh, Pasadena in May and. Uh, Beatrice got married on the 21st of May and she's married to Tim Estramera. Uh, Tim is Filipino and so for those of my beautiful Filipino friends in New Life Fellowship, so many of you, hey, I am becoming closer yeah, uh, to all of you as family. Um, so we had the privilege of having Pastor Eric uh, come uh, uh, you know, to the wedding as well, and we spent some time together. Uh, and the wedding was, you know, we had to do a smaller one because of COVID as well. Uh, and so, so the top left picture is, uh, you know, a, a screenshot from um, the online, uh, you know, Zoom uh, participation from of other people in. Uh, you know, from other parts of the world. So it's a bit of an unusual wedding, but it really went really, really well. And, and again, uh, you know, being with uh, Beatrice during that special time, traveling during uh, the COVID uh, period was very, very surreal. Um, anyway, uh, just a bit about my family. So Anthea, this is, she's the one here in mask. Uh, she has just um, finished her doctoral dissertation at Fuller Seminary. If you can see the photo that we have taken with Pastor Eric and uh, those at Fuller. And she is uh, pursuing to be licensed um, as a psychologist. Um, uh, who else? Oh, Faith and Lucky. Faith and Lucky are busy uh, uh, with uh, fostering. And so right now they're looking after an eight month old baby in Singapore. They've come back from Paris already. And Nate, uh, Barbara and I are just poised to go back to Penang once the uh, country reopens. Yeah, uh, Right now, Malaysia is in a, a big mess. So um, moving on, you know, I am, as Pastor Lab has mentioned, I'm still teaching the refugee school that we started in uh, 2020. Um, we've gone online now. And so we've lost some students, you know, some of the girls have gotten married and, and the boys have had to find work and things like that. But we've managed to keep a core group of about maybe 12 students or so out of the uh, 28 that we started out with. Um, and so we're still teaching them. And like Pastor Lab said, I'm uh, a math teacher now of secondary school math. We teach on Khan Academy. Um, so it's been quite challenging because they have to do online internet stuff and, and um, it's not so straightforward. But I believe that this is really the way forward for the refugee uh, community, these online uh, schools uh, where they can pursue not only a high school diploma, but later on also online they can get uh, university degrees and and uh, build, uh, you know, th themselves from that uh, platform. Yeah. So although it is unfortunate that we've had to uh, go online, we're poised to go back in a physical school. 
But I believe even when we go back physically, there will be uh, an online component because I'm convinced that out of all this experience that we've had, that uh, online education for the refugees would be the way forward, is the way uh, of the future. And maybe even for some of you, yeah, uh, you begin to realize that school and education has taken a different form, life has taken a different form, and the online platforms and uh, opportunities are just way uh, broader. And so we have to pursue that as well. Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, Malaysia is in such a mess. Um, politically, it is a mess. The COVID management is still a mess. I, I think yesterday they had like 15,000 infections. Uh, economically, it is in tatters. Um, and so looking at just Malaysia, my heart breaks uh, because um, you know, the opportunities that are there are just amazing, but yet uh, they can, um, you know, uh, turn it into something so sad and tragic. And this is really the heart of my message today. Um, you know, it seems that this world is in a troubled mess. Yeah, the COVID pandemic, as we know, has caused uh, a lot of problems from the very first transmission. I think now we've about 200 million people infected uh, and over 4 million people have died. Uh, and this is a global um, tragedy. Um, it's caused the world to be in standstill in many ways. And we're still not out of the mess. In fact, it's hitting closer to home. Yeah, for me, uh, it's been quite sad more recently. I lost two of my very close cousins in Indonesia. Uh, within two weeks of each other, both of them uh, passed away just in this uh, last two weeks. Uh, that took us all by surprise. And then um, this morning, I heard very sad news that one of our dearest uh, sisters in the Yangon church, uh, Mei Miatzin, some of you may know her. She's one of our very first disciples in, uh, in Yangon. I've been with the church uh, for over 10, 12 years now. Um, she passed away this morning uh, from COVID. And so that's uh, very tragic. So it's hitting home a lot closer. And, and I know for all of us, uh, uh, we are kind of just have to pray, uh, keep ourselves safe. Yeah, but um, we do what we can, okay, to help those who are suffering. Uh, I know Vietnam is also not doing so well. It has been doing so well for a long time, but all of a sudden it took a turn for the worse. Uh, India, what, 50,000 cases still a day. Uh, it's tragic. Um, back to Myanmar, you know, before February, it seems like... Uh, uh, it, Everything was doing well. The country was moving forward uh, economically. Uh, there was a lot of social progress, but everything kind of changed overnight on February 1st. And since that uh, civil disobedience movement, I think people, 700 people have been killed uh, out of that demonstrations. And now COVID is hitting the country really, really hard. Um, and like I mentioned to you, um, yeah, it's even hitting close friends in the church. Uh, some of you may know also Pastor Go Chin. He was with, uh, with us for quite a while uh, as part of New Life. His brother also passed away. So it's really becoming extremely uh, difficult uh, on a personal uh, basis. 
Um, but switching gears, you know, earlier this year, uh, Pastor Lab highlighted also to, to the four amigos, to William, uh, Maganti, and I, you know, a lot of the masses that are happening in churches, right? Uh, we've heard about all these uh, scandals uh, in the Hillsong Church and Liberty University. Um, and then I think earlier this year, uh, again, around the February period, there was this mass with uh, Ravi Zacharias, a uh, spectacular downfall. Yeah. So the masses that we face on so many levels, uh, but it's especially troubling uh, when even the church gets hit in uh, a lot of these uh, types of scandals. If the church and Christians uh, claim that we have answers uh, for this world, why don't we have our act together? Why are we still in such a mess? And all this is connected because our problem in this world is really a problem of sin. Uh, we cannot oversimplify uh, the complexities of it. But at the heart of it all, when we talk about the church and Christians, we're all still sinners. And we're all sinners in need of grace from God and from one another. Uh, just because we're Christians does not mean that we are perfect, doesn't mean that we are sinless. Uh, we still struggle with sin, and that's why we need grace from God and from one another. If you know all the details of my life, maybe you won't uh, have me preach to you this morning. Uh, you would find me perhaps unworthy. Um, but if I know the details of your life, maybe I too would be uh, squirming and others would squirm when we know all the details of your life. Yeah? And even as church leaders, uh, pastors, you know, elders, leaders, uh, we all still struggle with sin. When the Bible says that uh, elders are to be blameless, it does not mean that you're supposed to be sinless, okay? Uh, it just means that you deal with sin, okay? To be blameless means you don't hide your sin, but you deal with the sin areas of your life. You seek help and you seek accountability. And by the way, church, when we talk about, you know, the qualities of elders being blameless, it is true that you know, uh, as leaders, we need to strive, but, but that's applicable to all Christians, okay? And so church, I want you to realize that, you know, uh, to lead a blameless life as Christians is what we're called to do, yeah? But we must admit and realize that there is this problem of sin, okay? And, and so we want to look at this mess that this world is in and how we can have the right uh, approach to our uh, life as Christians, yeah? The Bible says very clearly, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as Christians, one of the most helpful things we can do for ourselves is that we must discard this attitude of self-righteousness. That we must admit that we are all sinners struggling through life together in this messed up world, in need of grace from God and from one another. So the church does not consist of 
perfect people. Christians are just sinners. Although we are forgiven, we are sanctified, we are redeemed, we're still sinners. And like I mentioned, we are all in need of grace from God and from one another. So today I want to just focus on what it means to, to live out that kind of a Christian life, yeah, um, that, that draws from grace from God and from one another. Uh, and, you know, knowing that we are so prone to sin, every one of us, no one uh, is exempted, yeah? If we're confronted by a fellow believer and confronted in love for our wrong behavior, there is no need to be surprised and to be defensive and to justify. Be thankful that someone loves you enough to confront you and speak to you about blind spots. And we can take um, comfort that Jesus gives us the body of Christ to help us along in life. And this is not just about coming together and doing fun things together or you know, uh, worshiping together uh, in, in church, but it's also about keeping each other uh, in accountability, relationships of accountability, and uh, to keep ourselves honest with uh, one another and with God. Okay, but let's take comfort this morning from Scripture as Jesus uh, uh, reveals to us, as the Bible reveals to us the work of Jesus uh, in our lives. And it says in Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, uh, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize uh, with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. To me, this is such a meaningful verse, very comforting, because it tells us how to deal graciously with sin. Yeah? Uh, this entire passage, when it talks about um, having a high priest who is able to empathize with our weakness, this is a weakness that it's referring to that leads to sin, right? Because right after that, it says, about Jesus who has been tempted in every way, but yet did not sin. Yeah. So when there is, um, when we realize there's sin in our lives, what the scripture tells us to do is we must approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And why do we do this? It's so that we can receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And the throne of God is not just in heaven somewhere, all right? Uh, we know that Jesus lives in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, and Jesus lives in the hearts of fellow believers, yeah? And so this throne of grace, I believe, is not just looking outward, but it's also understanding that uh, we have to look inward and find Christ 
but we can also find Christ in the lives of others. Yeah, and through them and through the acts of grace and love that we can also receive this mercy and to find grace to help us in our time of need. And so I want you to look at this verse today, not just in some kind of uh, act of, you know, uh, going to God, uh, thinking that he's in heaven somewhere, but also in that sense of community that God has placed us in, that we find grace uh, from one another, and through their actions of love and uh, and mercy, that we also find God's love and mercy towards us. You know, I used to think that once I became a Christian, that uh, uh, life would be all beautiful. Yeah, somehow God is on my side, and life is perfect. Uh, everything will be uh, beautiful, sunshine, rainbows. But it's not the case. Uh, we know that life is brutal. Yeah, there's disappointment of all types, sicknesses, sadness, tragedy, financial loss, emotional pain, hurts, injustices of all types, conflicts, you know. Um, and these are things that Christians are not exempted from. We're not immune. No one is spared, okay? And sometimes we think, how can bad things happen to good people or to Christians? Guys, you know it happens. Yeah. And recently in Singapore, we had this case where uh, there was a killing some, uh, in, in a school, a secondary school. A 16-year-old boy hid in the toilet and he had some mental uh, issues. And he had an axe with him that he bought online. And he said that the first person who comes into the toilet, he was going to kill. And he did that. So a 12-year-old boy uh, walked into that toilet yeah, where this 16-year-old boy is hiding, and he axed him to death. And you know what? That 12-year-old boy comes from a Christian family. He's a Christian, he's a, he's a Christian boy. And, and you look at the madness, the... Uh, that, that tragedy that's so mindless, it's unbelievable that something like that could happen to a Christian family. Uh, but yet in all this tragedy, the way that that family has extended forgiveness uh, to the boy and to the parents of the 16-year-old six, uh, you know, boy who killed their son, it was just an amazing, incredible uh, way of uh, how Christians uh, handle the madness and the mindless things that happen in life. Um, I don't want to dwell on that too much. Uh, the simple fact is that we all live in a sinful world. We all bear the brunt of our own sin and the sins of one another. So sin is not just personal. Sin is personal. It is societal. It is national. It is international. Uh, it is systemic, infecting every human being as well as the systems the structures of this world society every part of god's created order has been infected by sin and we know that this happened when uh, adam and eve uh, fell into sin in, in eden yeah it was an act of defiance against god yeah when sin entered into this world it was through that act of defiance and it's not just about this eating of the fruit 
of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not just about that simple ignorance or this uh, you know, very innocent type of disobedience. I believe it is more than that. Uh, when Adam and Eve sinned through temptation by Satan that says, if, if you eat this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, then you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And that, that temptation to be like God, uh, knowing good and evil, really means uh, it is humanity's attempt to be God in defining what is good and evil. It is, in fact, uh, humanity saying, we reject you, God. You don't get to have the final say in what is good and right and wrong, what is good and evil. No, we are the ones who will define what is good and evil. And that is the, uh, the, the, really the heart of sin uh, uh, in humanity that wants to be like God in that sense. We will define what, what is good and evil. It is an act of defiance. And through that uh, act of defiance and rebellion against God, that sin entered into this world. And, and because this world was given to uh, humanity, to mankind, when we sinned, what we did was we became complicit with Satan, with evil, and we allowed sin into this world to infect this world uh, and which is why we have all the masses that we're in uh, the world today it's because of sin we effectively gave up our authority the orig original mandate to rule this world and we gave that to our enemy satan and so we are culprits uh, acting in selfishness and self-centeredness complicit together with satan who lies and tempts and wreaks havoc in humanity in this world. And so uh, together, humanity with Satan, we have turned God's beautiful world into a mess. And this is why Jesus came into this world, to redeem the world, to take back what was stolen from God and to restore it back to God's original design, his original intention. Yeah, And so this messy world, can then once again experience God's peace and well-being, God's shalom, his perfection. Yeah? And so Jesus wants to restore our relationships with God, with ourselves, and with one another, and with all of God's created order. And this is that kind of holistic redemption that God seeks uh, to, to bring about in this world. And you know, in the example of Jesus, when when humanity wants to be like God in defining good and evil, actually what Jesus did is quite incredible. He says, you want to be like God? Be like me. And what is the life of Jesus like? It's a life of sacrifice. It's a life of surrender. It is a life of submission. Yeah, it's a life of love. And so that's the flip side. You want to be like God? It's not just about defining good and evil, you know? But it's about being like Christ. It's about laying down uh, our rights. It's about submission. And this is what it means to be like God in the truest sense of the word. And so today, my message is, you know, in this mess that we're in, we've read earlier, Jesus stepped into our mess. Uh, Jesus didn't just love us from a distance. He came into our mess. And this is how much 
uh, God wants to be a part of the human story. Yeah. Um, when it says here in Hebrews that we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, it means that also Jesus has descended onto earth. Yeah. Uh, and we know uh, that the word became flesh, made his dwelling among us. Uh, he became like us and Jesus and in Jesus we have seen God's glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So the word Jesus became flesh, uh, God who is spirit, took on human flesh and made his dwelling among us. The dwelling there refers to the word tabernacle, the place of God's presence. So God uh, through Jesus Christ came to us. And scripture says, and through that we see his glory uh, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So Jesus does not avoid our mess. He wants to be with us and help us in the midst of whatever we are facing. The truth of the gospel is that God stepped into our messy world to restore us back to God and all that God has created. He saves us from sin's power. Sin has been, uh, death has been defeated. Yeah, uh, Satan has been defeated. Yeah, in that finality when he comes back in the fullness um, of when, of God's reign, when Jesus uh, returns. But in the meantime, we still have uh, glimpses of victory. Of that future into our present world. So God didn't just try to love us from a distance. When Jesus came into this world, he stepped into this world, he says, guys, I am with you. Yeah, and, and that matters a lot. By sending uh, Jesus, God ran into our mess yeah, to be with us and to redeem us. Uh, Jesus did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. Uh, when we realize that we cannot live that perfect life. That's when Jesus says, I have lived that perfect life for you so that you don't have to. So Jesus came into our mess. Secondly, he doesn't only come into our mess, he also comforts us in our mess. And this is why Hebrews says in verse 15, we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but with one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. To put it in a positive, you know, that's a double negative sentence there. We do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize, means that we have a high priest, Jesus, who is able to empathize with our weaknesses. And to me, this is such a comforting verse. Because in Jesus becoming flesh and becoming that sacrifice for us, he knows exactly what we are going through. And therefore, when we come to him, it is not um, a case of somebody who cannot relate to us, but it is exactly someone who understands us in the deepest way possible. And in that, we find comfort. Jesus wants to comfort us in our uh, messy state, in this messed up world. And the third point is that he not only 
comes into our mess not only uh, comforts us, but he also strengthens us in our mess. And so verse 16 says, Let us then approach God's grace, uh, God's throne of grace, with confidence, with boldness, yeah, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, I just want to read from John, uh, the Gospel of John, and this is the prayer of Jesus basically for his disciples uh, before his crucifixion. And in reading uh, you know, this passage from John, I hope that you can also sense the love of God, the love of Jesus for each of you, each of us. And, and in um, understanding and feeling the love of God, that we also find that uh, boldness, that confidence to come and draw near to him uh, this morning. Yeah. So in John 17, Jesus says, I'm coming to you now, talking about God, I'm about to leave this world. But I say these things while I am still in the world, so that you may have the full measure of my joy uh, within them, so that they may have the full me measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them, I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Oops, why is this not moving? My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you loved me. Father, I want those you have given to me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given, to me, uh, given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. A righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I've, I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be 
in them. This is uh, the word of the Lord. These are the words of Jesus to us. And and I just want to look at a few points uh, through what Jesus has revealed here. Uh, in, in John, we see that, uh, you know, the point that I made, that Jesus strengthens us in our mass. Jesus did not uh, remove us from this world. Yeah. Uh, my prayer, Jesus says to God the Father, is not that you take them out of the world, it's not that you take them out of the mass, but that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus did not provide an escape plan or a promise to remove us from this mess. Quite the opposite. Yeah, he embraces the mess. Jesus enters into the mess and he tells us to embrace the mess. And in this, he says, I am with you. And that's the promise that he has for us. Yeah, protection from the evil one. Uh, because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. But the, uh, but the, the greatest promise that we have is the presence of Jesus in us as we go through the messes of life. Uh, we, we, we are promised that we will not be overcome yeah, by the uh, troubles of this world. Jesus has overcome the world. Yeah, the second point, uh, which I think is one of the key points here this, this morning, is that he unites us in love, yeah, with support, with other believers. And this is when Jesus says, um, you know, God, I am in them just as you are in me, so that they may be brought in complete unity, that they may be united then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The way we get through the difficult uh, messes of life is through the body of Christ, that he has joined us with one another. Yeah? And in one another, we find love, we find that grace, yeah? we find that mercy from God uh, to help us in our time of need. So our unity and our love for each other uh, is that testimony to the world. And I believe that this is something that will be become more and more real. Yeah? And this is how we show the world uh, that uh, we are people who belong to God. Yeah? Instead of hiding sin or um, you know, uh, living uh, that kind of a lifestyle like we mentioned earlier where there is duplicity and uh, there is all all that, um, uh, you know, hiding in sin and, and scandals that come out of that. Uh, God wants us to be open with one another and through that love from each other that we find strength and that unity that will help us through in this message of life. And that is why uh, Jesus also tells us that he sends us into this messy world, yeah? he, in the messes of other people. Uh, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. And so Jesus sends us into this messy world. We will never be mess-free. We don't wait until we are mess-free before we enter uh, the world of other people's messes. In fact, Jesus tells us that 
in all this, we can find joy even. Yeah. Uh, let me just go back to that very one of the very first verses. Yeah. Um, I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Yeah. Uh, joy is found even in the messes of life. So when we look at all this, all that I've said today, uh, kind of like the uh, form a, you know, all these uh, word pictures that um, scripture and scriptures we've read today, uh, we get this understanding, yeah, the entire world is broken. We are in a fallen uh, situation. We're in a mess. Life is not neat and tidy. Uh, Jesus is with us in this mess. Yeah? So we're called to live like Jesus, love like Jesus. Live in the mess, love in the mess, embrace the mess, run into the mess, stay united in this messy world, love one another in the mess. Remember Jesus is with us in this mess and the mess will not overcome us. We really want life to be neat and tidy, isn't it? Yeah. Often we want life that is manageable, predictable, neat. But Jesus tells us life is not like that. In this world, you will have tribulation. But the comfort that we have, the strength that we hold on to is that Jesus is with us and he has put others together with us. So persevering faith is honest and says, uh, when a situation is bad, we say it's bad. But we hang on. We say, I will trust in God because He's my hope. That He's the one who will help us. Yeah. Uh, just one last verse that I want to share with you as I close this morning. In 1 Corinthians says, God is faithful. God is faithful, who has called us, has called you into fellowship with the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so this is what keeps us going when life is difficult, when mindless things happen, when we uh, don't understand the reason things happen. That we just hold on to God who never lets go of us and we continue to be faithful to Him in fellowship with His Son and with others that He's put around us to help us through the difficult phases of life. So we face disappointments throughout life and it feels sometimes like the world is falling apart. Persevering faith means that we trust in the goodness of God. Even in the midst of difficult circumstances, we struggle with sin. Persevering faith means that we repent. Yeah, and we believe that God forgives and that he is not done with us and that we can carry on. Uh, and so in our troubled messes, our disappointments, our pain, the suffering, the issues of life that does not make sense, know that Jesus is with us. God has called you 
to be in fellowship with his son Jesus. We don't wait until there are no more messes before we experience joy. We find joy and meaning in the messes of life because Jesus is with us, because he is faithful. He never lets go. So let us remain faithful to him and never let go. Yeah, uh, we will endure uh, and we will experience joy because Jesus is with us. And so this is the paradox of life. Uh, the more we uh, turn to ourselves, the more we find dissatisfaction. But the more we turn from ourselves to others and give love and joy uh, to others and we serve, we find fulfillment and we find joy. Yeah? Um, and so Jesus calls us to be like him. Don't run away from messes, run towards the messes, run towards other people uh, in, in this community that God has put us in, in this world. Run into the messes of those who are hurting and help those who are tired and wounded, yeah, because we're called to be with them and point them to God. And I believe in doing that, when we turn from our own selfishness and self-centeredness and we... Uh, uh, focus on others around us, we find joy and find fulfillment. Yeah, uh, because the very point of life is to be like Jesus and to love God and to love neighbor. And so this morning, as uh, we close, I just want to uh, direct you to a few questions for reflection. What is it that you are facing in life? What is the mess in your life at this point that is weighing you down? Let's be honest about that. It could be relationships in family, outside. It could be about uh, difficulties financially, whatever it may be. Can we name that to God this morning? And how can you find Jesus in that mess? Where is Jesus in that mess? And thirdly, will you also reflect and ponder about those around you? Who needs you to be with them in their struggle? And I believe as we find comfort from God, we can also offer comfort to others around us. I want to pray as we close this morning and, and just ask you to think about uh, these questions that I've asked you to reflect on and uh, what you've heard this morning through the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Lord, I thank you for just this time with New Life Fellowship. Uh, Ho Chi Minh City, I thank you for the opportunity that I have uh, to share my life with them, Lord. Um, I thank you that you have put us together uh, in this journey of life. And so, Lord, even in being with the church at this time, God, it is a message that you have called us to be as family, united, to love one another. And you have given us to each other, Lord, as uh, people who will support one another to be, 
to be those who bring your presence into the life of each other, that we may find mercy, we may find grace in our time of need, that we offer that to one another. And so God, today we say to you that our lives uh, are a mess. We need you, Lord. We need one another. And so I pray, Father, that even today you draw us closer to each other to love and to support one another, that through each other's love and support that we can find you, we can find Jesus in our lives. I pray, God, for protection upon the church. I pray for just your mercy and grace upon each one of them, that, Lord, you protect uh, the church during this time of pandemic, that none will be lost in the name of Jesus. So we thank you, Lord, that, Jesus, you are with us. You have set us the example of what it means to live a life of love and sacrifice, not for our own sake, but for the sake of God and for the sake of the kingdom. So, Lord, make us more like you. We give our hearts to you today, Lord Jesus. Reveal to us what it means to be your people. To love one another just as we have experienced that love from you. So thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you that you are with us in the messiness of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much, Pastor Song, for uh, the very timely message for our church, uh, for all of us. And it's uh, in the spirit intertwined with what I uh, just shared on Friday with our Life Net group about um, that, that, that we worship God from uh, home right now. And so thank you so much for the word. And so right now, uh, before we're going to have a few announcements, uh, I thought that it is might be good because um, I felt the Spirit move uh, this morning and His presence is real, especially on my side, and I pray the same with you. Maybe why don't we just have our usual extended time of reflection, another five minutes. And uh, in case that you... Um, forgot what the uh, reflection point the pastor song put it out there maybe i just uh, read it again for us to have a, a, a five minutes of reflection what is the mess in your life not someone else's life right so especially husband and wife don't look into your spouse mess your own mess that is weighing you down how can you find jesus in the mess who is hurting around you not just you being hurt or being offended or feel pain and suffering, uh, whether emotionally or physically or even spiritually. Who is hurting around you that need you with them in their mess? Like we talk about empathy, right? In the book of Romans chapter 12, that we just empathize with those who are suffering. Now, the Bible is always in the context of a community, a communal. Yes, God spoke to us in a personal way, but it's always in the context of the body of Christ. As Pastor Song, we talk about that. And overall, it, it is the word for us, for each of us, but it's also for others. And so 
just reflect on those points. What is the mess in your life that is weighing you down right now? How can you find Jesus in the mess? Who is hurting around you, needs you with them in their mess? So let us just spend another five minutes and then we'll have a, um, a few announcements.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for the word, the logos that was spoken so that each of us can hear the rhema, your spoken word, living and active, adjusting our life and help us to also be sanctified even though that we still have a bit here, a bit there, the, the messiness due to our sinful nature. Thank you for your grace. So let each of us approach the throne of grace from the inside out that you have made possible for even here on earth that you are with us, that we can, like a bridge, that we can reach to the heavens because you are the high priest that intercede for us, that pray for us, that cover us with your grace, cleanse us because of your blood, and continue to sanctify us with the Holy Spirit, a process of being made holy, to be like you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, once again, Pastor Song, thank you so much for the message. Send our love, the church, to your family. Uh, Barbara is watching there, and uh, we love you and send our love. Maybe just I want to take a quick moment to pray for you guys, for Pastor Song. Lord, I just want to pray for Pastor Song and Barbara and Nate and A and B and Faith and Luke, the whole household, Lord. You continue to provide for them, protect them. As we all experience that hitting home with the COVID, with whether Indonesia or Singapore or Myanmar, Lord, we just pray that your protection, your guidance, and your provision. Lord, pray for the ministry in Penang. Lord, continue to flourish, not because of our own strength, but because of your grace, because of, of, of we care what you care for. May you bless them and keep them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Lord. All right. Thank you, Pastor Song. I will see you when I see you again soon, I guess, uh, tomorrow uh, for prayer meeting. I will see you then. All right. God bless. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by this message. Join us next time and do click the follow button on our profile page to stay up to date with the latest message. God bless you.